Welcome to the latest edition of the First Voice podcast, brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses, and the go-to podcast for news, tips, and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. In this episode, we will be revisiting an issue we have touched on a few times in recent months, uh, and one that severely impacts small businesses, and that is the issue of getting paid promptly. According to FSB figures, some 400,000 small firms are currently under threat as a result of late or unpaid payments, and a third of all small businesses are impacted in some way by being paid late. So in this episode, we will take a look at some of the things you can do as a small business to improve your chances of getting paid on time and to tackle late payments you are owed. And we will look at how a campaign that is currently being backed by FSB and the Small Business Commissioner is helping change the culture of late payments in the UK. Uh, To do that, I'm joined by three guests. Terry Corby is chairman of Good Business Pays, the campaign launched to encourage the UK's largest companies to fast track payments to small, uh, smaller suppliers. Liz Barkley is the government's small business commissioner. And we are also joined by FSB's Alan Sodi. Thank you all for joining. Um, I'll kick off Alan and Liz uh, with you if I can. Um, and, and I'd like to ask of you a little bit around the, the scale of this issue right now. Just just how big a problem is this, Liz? Um, um, what are some, some of the numbers um, around well, it? Well, I think, John, you have given... Uh, some of the most up-to-date numbers already. And we do tend to depend quite a lot on the FSB to do the research to tell us the numbers. Um, But if we are talking about 400,000 small businesses uh, being affected to the point of possibly failing this year because of late, overdue, delayed payments, then that is quite serious. We do lose Uh, quite a large number of small businesses in any one given year because there are businesses that start up that don't succeed. There are businesses that are, um, you know, a year or so into their existence that simply don't find themselves uh, viable and don't want to continue. There are all sorts of reasons why we lose small businesses, but we really do need to do the absolute best we can to stop viable small businesses uh, being defeated by poor payment practices by their customers. Um, and I um, I think the FSB's got the scale of it. What I am seeing is the impact of it, uh, and the impact goes far wider than just simply failing businesses. Uh, there's an emotional impact there as well. Uh, people who are not getting paid on time are really struggling with sleepless nights. They're struggling with mental health issues. Um, and they themselves are then in the position where they can't pay their suppliers. And so the vicious circle widens and the ripples of one small firm not getting paid can be huge. Yeah, the numbers are pretty big, Alan, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And even before the pandemic, we knew that uh, in terms of businesses actually going out of business as a result of late payments, it was at about 50,000 a year. And not surprisingly, during the pandemic, the problem of late and, and delayed and poor payments has got worse. And, and we found that 62% of families who we surveyed experienced an increase in late payments or even in some cases, frozen payments um, during COVID. So there is the danger that that 50,000 number does get even 
higher without action being taken. And I think where you, you look at the, the, the cause of this, from, from the bigger business end of bigger businesses who have poor payment practices, I, I think in some ways it divides into two camps. You have those where that is part of their business model and they, they deliberately choose to keep people waiting 60, 90 days, even more sometimes, and that needs to be addressed. I think you also, frankly, get some that are just rubbish and that needs to be sorted out as well. In a way, the latter category is maybe the easier one to target at first, but the, the former category where it's actually built into their business model absolutely needs to, to be to be stamped out. So it's a cultural thing in two different ways. It, it's surprising sometimes at FSB we will have um, private conversations with perhaps a, a chief executive of a, a, a big business that we're hearing reports of quite poor payment practices. And, and sometimes it does come as a surprise to them that they're not aware of what is going on in their finance department and so on. And in some cases, it can lead to a positive change. They can go back to their people and say, actually, I want this sorted out. And we have seen examples of where that actually did happen. Other examples of where you get warm words and then there's nothing. And that's why there's a need for, for more pressure, for more action to be taken. Yeah, and Liz, we talked about that 400,000 figure of firms that are under threat. But, you know, what are the other sort of day-to-day impacts on small businesses and their owners? You know, I'm thinking in terms of of constant stress and concerns about cash flow and pressures to, to, to pay salaries and so on. Presumably, that's, that's putting quite a lot of pressure on them in a day-to-day sense. Um, absolutely. And of course, small businesses are really close to their employees. You know, the last thing you want is to have 25 uh, employees who've got families of their own and bills of their own to pay and not be able to pay them. So there's the, the ongoing concern about that. And of course, even the smaller businesses who uh, perhaps don't have uh, any employees but do have suppliers to pay uh, find it really stressful because they're having to to delay payments to suppliers that they know that they are going to be dependent on in the future and that they've possibly worked with for years. Um, I think the point that Alan made about big company bosses not understanding what's happening in their payment departments is one part of it. Another part of it is that payment departments and people who work in payment departments have very rarely ever run small businesses themselves or been freelancers or been sole traders. And they themselves are quite often surprised when you say, look, that payment, that £300 payment to that small business is much more vital and much more important to that business than a big bill of maybe 30000 to another big business that you work with. So we've really got to start communicating across um, the business sectors. One small business said to me the other day, um, I was before the pandemic getting 60 days credit from my small suppliers. Uh, but now they want to be paid in 30 days. And my question was, um, if your small supplier doesn't get paid in 30 days, don't you think that perhaps they themselves may have problems paying their suppliers and their employees? And the small business said, owner said to me, yes, but we need that money because we want to grow our business. So again, there's this concept that somehow or other, those conflicting interests for the money that is available um, in those situations, that it's quite okay to simply use the money that you owe to a small supplier to grow your own business. 
Um, and the question we really need to be asking those questions and having those discussions are, is that a fair way to grow your own business off the back of another small business that is struggling to survive? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, um, Alan, you, you FSB must be hearing those same sorts of pressures, day-to-day pressures on, on small business owners, are they? Yes, absolutely. And and of course, it means the, the flip side of what Liz is saying. There. It means that the, the, the business that's not being paid in itself can't invest and can't grow and might push hiring plans on, on hold because they've not got the money coming in that they were expecting for goods or services that they've already provided in good faith. There's also then the, the impact of, of how smaller businesses who are being kept waiting a long time for, for payment have to try and overcome that if they are able to overcome it. And in some cases, you, you get people having to go for, for finance options, including even even going for, for loans. And I was looking at some of our most recent statistics. We do every quarter a kind of temperature take survey at, at FSB, we call it our small business index. And, and one stat that jumped out there to me from the latest one that we've done is that of those who had secured finance recently, it was uh, 21% was for equipment upgrades, 19% is about a fifth for expansion, only 4% for recruitment, 42% for cash flow. And clearly, late payment is a, a, an absolute driver of that huge number of why people are turning to having to take out loans to cover where they're being kept waiting, in some cases, months for the payments that they should be getting much, much sooner. That's a huge tangible um, impact, isn't it? Terry, your organisation, Good Business Pays, is running a new campaign to change this trend. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what that is and how it works? Yes, thank you. And I'll tell you who Good Business Pays are. Um, We we set up a year ago to bring the human story of um, slow and late payments to life. Um, We talk about 400,000 small businesses, um, which is a huge number, of course. But what lies behind that, assuming that every small business is at least one person, is uh, 400,000 families, and and probably a lot more than 400,000 families if you employ a couple of people or what have you. So um, the, 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 the risk is not just to the 400,000 people, but their families that are around them too. So we uh, formed Good Business Pays a year or so ago uh, to bring an end to this culture that Liz talked about of um, slow and late payments being okay. We realized it was a hearts and minds type of movement because we believe that how fast somebody pays, and when I'm talking, when I talk somebody, I'm talking about a company, is about choice. It's not about not being able to, it's purely about choice. We set out to do that in three ways. Uh, firstly, to make the data interesting and relevant. Um, so anybody can go to the Good Business Pays website and look up the payment performance of any of the companies that are reporting. You just type in the, the company, it brings it up like a little car dashboard. Uh, there are also um, sector charts in there, so you can see whichever sector you're in, food or beverage, farmer or whatever it is, uh, the worst and the best and all of the companies that report. So it's important that people know what the payment um, performance is of all of these companies. So we make data interesting. The second thing is that we run what we call our Heroes and Villains campaign. So there are some companies that are really, really good. I should say that. They pay in a day, they pay in two days, and we make heroes and heroines of those companies by giving them awards and shouting that from the rooftops. And they should be because we're talking about 
recognizing good behavior and then we recognize bad beha- behavior too with our villains campaign uh, and it works we call out those companies that are taking 100 120 130 days or so to pay invoices paying them about 70 80% uh, later than agreed terms and uh, it works the three worst companies from last year that we called out six months later had almost halved the time they took to pay their suppliers and what that means is that thousands of suppliers benefited from that change so the heroes and villains campaign we've been running for a year uh, and it's doing very very well and then thirdly we represent the interests of small business to government to the media around slow payment now uh, the the campaign that you're referencing goes back to a conversation that Liz and I were having a few months ago. Uh, We were talking about the fact that um, there are many different aspects to this cash flow issue. Some people come at it from an ESG perspective, others from a tech or a fintech perspective. Um, But uh, Liz and I were sort of thinking, wouldn't it be great if we all at least used the same words or we gathered around the same uh, image or campaign at the top level to get cut through because many people, including the FSB, have been working very hard for many years to try and solve this problem and have done great things. But we're still talking about the same problem after many years. So how do we cut through? So uh, 16 of the biggest business organizations helped by the FSB and others got together and said, let's run a competition to come up with a campaign we can all gather behind. Uh, We got 350 entries from freelance creatives, We had a long list of 44. We narrowed it down to three. We gave cash prizes for the top three. We paid those people the day after the competition so they didn't have to wait long for their prize. And the winning entry was something called a weight-off campaign. And that weight is a, a sort of play on words of losing a bit of weight. But in this case, the weight is the weight that a small business has to wait for uh, for getting paid. 16 business organizations got behind it last week and launched it together. So hopefully people will have started to see images and words being shared around the country that show the human cost uh, and the human opportunity of being paid. So when people are being paid late or waiting a long time to get paid, you can see the stress on their face. You can see that it's a weight off their shoulders when they're paid fast. They can borrow money. They can pay their staff and they can get innovation going, which they can't do if they're not being paid. So it's called the Weight Off Campaign, and it's everybody's campaign. It's not just ours, so we'd encourage people to get involved. Brilliant, thank you. And, and I understand that it doesn't. your work isn't stopping there, and you're actually announcing a new element to the campaign uh, today. I am, yes, and it's not an element of the campaign that we had planned at all. It's something that has come up from small businesses back to us as a result of the campaign existing. So uh, we started to run the campaign and we started to get a whole number of email requests from small businesses um, saying, how can we get involved? Have you got any graphics or logos or supporting statements that we can put on the bottom of our invoices? Because the example that Liz gave earlier on of a small company Uh, paying another small company, we have small companies coming to us and saying, we want to show that we pay our small suppliers fast. So can we use that too on the bottom of our invoices? And it was a wonderful request to get because we didn't know it would happen. 
It's come from the small businesses and it really helps me and our work to say to big business, look, small businesses are showing us the way. They're supporting each other. If they can pay fast, why can't you? So, so yes, people can, uh, can get involved. Uh, the way to get involved if you're a small business and you want to have those resources sent to you is you just need to send a text, pay, don't delay, no uh, dashes or, or anything like that, just pay, don't delay to 60095 and we will send you the resource pack and you can put that on your invoices or on your email headers and footers and support the campaign and show your suppliers and customers what a good payer you are too. Brilliant. And we've we've heard some varied numbers uh, thrown around in terms of how quickly or indeed slowly um, some, some, some firms are paying their suppliers and so on. Alan, what's the sort of FSB guidance on benchmarks around, um, you know, time firms should be taking to pay invoices? You know, if I'm a, a small business owner, what should my expectations be and what should I be pushing for in terms of payment terms with, with, with firms that I'm supplying? Well, John, you should not have to wait any longer than 30 days. 30 days should be the absolute maximum that you are, are, are kept waiting. And, you know, where, where you have, let's take a different example. You have a benchmark nowadays of, of a minimum amount that employees should be paid through the, the living wage. There should also be a benchmark of 30 days for the maximum amount of time a small business can be kept waiting for payment for goods provided, for services provided, for jobs done. Uh, and through FSB's lobbying, we've already got that 30 days hardwired into the prompt payment code. We've got that hardwired into the, the good business charter. We've also got government to agree that um, companies that, that win contracts with the public sector should pay this or risk being excluded from future tenders. With that, however, we've still to see the government demonstrate the teeth of that and actually see a, a, a supplier, a big supplier to government that doesn't adhere to that 30-day maximum being excluded from future contracts, literally being blacklisted from applying until they improve their payment practices. And, and we're talking to the government, including to Number 10, all the time about this to try and uh, get that moving forward so that the government can play its part in not handing taxpayers' money to some of the, 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 the poorest payers, which we, in principle, is, is agreed. But I think we need to see that, that coming through in terms of actual concrete examples of where it is put into practice. We, we also are urging the Prime Minister and his officials that we work with to make sure they meet that benchmark with anyone they work with, that they pay their suppliers within 30 days. And also, there should be this should be at audit committee level in, in big businesses. Audit committees should be made responsible for the, the treatment of supply chains. And that should, again, be wired in that the maximum payment term should be 30 days. Liz, do you do you have a view on that sort of um, expectation for for small businesses on how quickly they should be met? And and a second part to that question, you know, while the onus is quite rightly on bigger firms to get their houses in order here, are there also some things that small businesses can do to improve their chances of of, of getting paid on time or chasing down late payments? I would love to see small businesses getting paid within 30 days. I'd love to see more people signed up to the prompt payment code. And the code um, is the, the signatories to the code commit to paying at least 95% of the invoices from their small suppliers within 30 days. Um, however, what small businesses quite often tell us is it's the certainty that they really need. 
Um, and if you tell them you're going to pay them within 30 days, then they need to know that that money is going to reach the bank account within 30 days. If you tell them you're going to pay them in 45 days, similarly, they need the certainty the money will be in the bank because people are trying to manage their cash flow and they need to know, they need to have that certainty as to when the money is going to come in. So while I would ideally like to see the 30 days um, minimum, I want real certainty so that people don't find excuses for delaying and further delaying. Um, and what I really um, would like also small businesses to understand is that if they are offered a piece of work and offered payment terms, and I have seen payment terms of 120 days, 150 days, that they push back and say, no, I can't function uh, as a small business, I cannot carry on supplying you if you're going to make me wait four, five, six months in order to get paid. You wouldn't do that as a responsible employer to your staff. So why are you treating me less fairly? Um, and I think big businesses have to understand that those small suppliers are vital. They're the talent that's driving the success of bigger businesses. And if you lose those really talented suppliers, you've got to go out there and find new ones. And that takes resources, time, money. Um, and you've also got to start rebuilding relationships. You need to nurture and work in partnership with your small suppliers. And we have been told over the past uh, couple of weeks of several small suppliers that have simply said, nope, um, we uh, are not going to work with you because you were offering us extended payment terms that we really can't accept. Um, and then the business, the, the customer, coming back to them and saying, I didn't realise we will offer you better payment terms. So we really need to be pushing at that door that says, uh, you know, payment terms have got to be fair and, and we, the small businesses, will uh, negotiate with you. But if you don't come up with a fair term, then we'll walk away. Yeah, and I, that's compelling. And I guess um, in this current climate where supply chains are under pressure and have been for some time, um, that, that pushes a little bit of power back towards um, uh, suppliers as well. So, so, so that's good. Um, Alan, I, I just want to touch as well on the sort of role of technology um, here. I mean, in a world where we're increasingly moving towards automated processes and systems, um, is that something that can help? I mean, there's certainly potential for technology to, to help here through through new software developments and so on. Actually, the government's committed some cash to funding new tech development, but that that's only potentially effective where there is still the intention to pay promptly. And what technology doesn't get through is where there is more a cultural and deliberate decision to delay payment, uh, or where perhaps it's a it's a one-off delay, uh, and and therefore. Alongside technology, there are also more traditional methods of trying to get paid and trying to chase it up. For FSB members, uh, they can access a service called FSB Debt Recovery, which can help and has helped in its first year. It helped 10,000 members to actually recover money that they were owed. And where there are guides there on, on the process that you can go through, there are templates on there uh, for, for pre-action letters that can be sent. Uh, the, 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 there is a, a late payment calculator on there to help you calculate the interest that you should charge on a on a late payment. 
And then if it, if those early steps don't work, then there is access to a discounted rate on, on fixed-price uh, fixed legal support. And, and often, actually, if members have to go to that first step of, of actual uh, le- legal help from a legal professional, sometimes in the very first instance, that's the thing that does the trick, where you know, there's a sort of fixed discounted price, 30 quid plus VAT for a legal letter. Uh, and often that's the thing that then pushes the person to realise that you do mean business with this and you are not going to less up and they pay. And I, I, I know there's an example of one of our members who did exactly that and, and for that 30 quid letter, then get 2,500 back pretty quickly that they were owed having failed to, to chase that successfully before that. So there are a number of ways of, of chasing this. Yes, technology can play a part. There can be cultural change. But also, if you're an FSB member, there is that 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 way of, of, of supporting you in chasing payments that you're owed as well. That's that's brilliant and, 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 and rounds off a really, really interesting conversation um, around the, uh, the, 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 the issue of, of, of late payment and um, uh, for small businesses in particular and the pressures that that is putting on them. Thank you, Terry, Liz and Alan um, for that brilliant walkthrough. Um, and thank you also to our audience for, for listening. While I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks.